from the Heritage Foundation. I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. In part one of this two-part series, I spoke with heritage expert Olivia Enos about Uyghur Muslims in China and the Chinese Communist Party's attempt to completely destroy and erase their unique identity. In spite of the Uyghurs' centuries of long-standing tradition and practice of faith in China, in 2017, the Communist Party began to take Uyghurs from their homes and force them into concentration camps for re-education. In addition, the Xinjiang province has become a bona fide police state that is constantly watching and listening to nearly every move and conversation. It's alarming that what we would consider to probably be some of the worst human rights violations in the 21st century are happening right before our eyes, and it's just not receiving the attention that it deserves. Right now, there are between 1.8 and 3 million Uyghur Muslims held in political re-education facilities, predominantly in Xinjiang, China. And when they go to these facilities, they're subject to indoctrination, self-criticism, required Mandarin lessons. Some are allegedly subject to torture. Some have even died while being held in detention. And we're now starting to see unbelievable evidence of the Chinese Communist Party's intent to destroy in whole or in part the Uyghurs. Over the last few weeks, as Olivia and I talked about this issue, it became apparent that while reporting is necessary and good, it doesn't fully put this devastating situation in context. We needed more. Enter Ziba Marat. The last time Ziba heard from her mother, Gulshan Abbas, was September 11, 2018. Ziba, who was living in the U.S. at the time, texted a picture of her young daughter to Gulshan, living in Xinjiang. After receiving the photo, Gulshan told Ziba what I can imagine any experienced mother would tell their young daughter. She said, if the baby is sleeping, you should get some rest. Since then, two years have passed, and not Ziba, nor anyone else in her family, have heard a word from Gulshan. She vanished. This week, Olivia Enos and I talk with Ziba Murat. She shares the emotional story of her mom's disappearance and the hopelessness of the almost certain abduction by the Chinese Communist Party. She also talks about why her brave campaign to reunite with her mother has become a rallying cry for Uyghurs who feel like they have no voice to speak out against China's attempt to destroy their entire culture. More after this. America is at a crossroads. Each day we see the penalties of progressive policies across our nation. 
while night after night our city streets are set ablaze by riots and rage. That's why the Heritage Foundation has developed a plan to help take our country back. The Citizen's Guide to Fight for America provides a series of heritage-recommended action items delivered to you each week. Make an impact in your community and in our country. Sign up for the Citizen's Guide at heritage.org 2020 and join in the fight for America today. Ziba, I just wanted to thank you so much for making the trip in and, and, and talking with us today. Thank you for having me. And Olivia, thanks for coming back. Thanks for being with me during this interview. And, and um, the idea here, Ziba, is, is to give... We, we just wanted to put a face to this ongoing tragic story that's being told right now. As we speak, it's being told right now over in China to the Uyghur Muslims, which you are... You are one of them. Right. Yeah. So start with me here. So where were you raised? And now that you've spent some time in the U.S., can you compare the two? Yeah, I was born and raised in Urumqi, the capital city of Xinjiang. I came to the United States in 2005. I went to high school in Urumqi. And when I was living back, it was um, a totally different times when I was in going to school than compared to now, like what's happening right now. Wow. Okay. So how so? I mean, it. We were so much freer, I would say, because I go to school because we are um, at school. One side of the school is us Uyghurs, and then the other side of the school is Han Chinese. So we studied together, and I had a lot of Chinese friends too. Um. It just like so good times, I would say. So fond memories. Fun, yeah. This for a student, for you know, a teenager. It's it's those kind of memories. Never like what we are hearing right now. We talked about Olivia and I talked about last week. We talked about checkpoints. Mm-hmm. We talked about lots of police. Did that I, exist back when you were in in high school? No. Okay. No, but when I went back in two thousand twelve. For the first time after I came, um, I went back with my husband to see our family, his family, and at the airport security, we were um, kind of called into a different room. Our luggage was open. They searched our luggage a couple times. So that was that was the scrutiny that I faced since I grew up. So catch us up as to, to, to why you're even in this studio, why you're even with us today. You haven't spoken or seen or communicated with your mom in two years now. Yeah. Um, last time I spoke to her was September 10th, 2018. So Since then, she just vanished. Like, so, so what happened? We don't know exactly. We don't know what happened or where she is or we don't know. We, we don't have any information other than she's in detention. Wow. And this was came through the media reporting, not direct contact with my family. We find out she was in detention from Radio Free Asia. Wow. Wow. So, okay, so where do you, so, so what was the last communication you had with her? September 10th um, at night, I sent her my daughter's picture. She was three months old. 
and she was sleeping and then I that that's how I talk to her every day. I just sent her a picture and she said, When your baby is sleeping you should take get some rest hmm. and then we said our goodbyes and I said, We'll talk tomorrow. That mm. was it. What time was it in China at the time? I believe it was um um, so September 10th here at night is the 11th yeah. in the morning there. In the morning mm. there. Was she on her way to work? Or? She was at home. She was at home. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And what and did then, she do for a living? Um, she, She's a retired doctor. Oh, she wow. retired early because of her health. Okay. Um, yeah, she was a dermatologist at a state-run hospital. And I know, you know, in just looking over reporting about her, she was an average citizen. I mean, obviously remarkable because she's a doctor, but she seems like she was really involved in the community, always there to help and support people. And so it makes no sense that she would be targeted. I, I don't like I haven't in a million years. I didn't think that this would happen to our family. I, I still can't get my head straight as mm. to because she's not a prominent intellectual she's not politically active she's just a retired a single mom just going her day going by her day and um i th- i think it's important to 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 point out there's obviously you know you there's a number of reasons why this could have happened we don't know right but wasn't your aunt sort of involved in exposing and talking about what's happening, the oppression of the, that, that, that the Chinese Communist Party is having on the Uyghurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then shortly after that. Yeah. So she, could we make that connection in any way? I mean, that's the only thing that we can think of as to what happened to her, because I can't think of any other reasons that why she would take and she didn't travel to any Muslim majority country, which is one of the categories that they're placing the people in camp or. Interesting. She only traveled to the U.S. to see us, her daughters. And when we start thinking about making sense of, sense of all this, we just maybe thought that this is the reason because my aunt spoke and they just tried to retaliate because this came six days after she spoke at Hudson. Wow. Olivia, so. can you, I mean, free speech, gone. Yeah. There yeah. is not, I mean, consequences to speech. Yeah, I mean... I just think that this really reveals just how fragile the Chinese Communist Party is, that they would be threatened by freedom of speech, freedom of ideas being expressed by uh, Rashan Abbas, her aunt, Ziba's aunt, um, and the fact that they are so threatened by that, that they're threatened by free practice of religion, that Uyghur Muslims are practicing their faith as they believe to be true, that that the Chinese Communist Party is so threatened by this. And if you actually like look at what the Chinese Communist Party says, they say that their greatest foreign policy priority is to maintain internal stability and to maintain their own sovereignty. And they use that as a justification to target groups like Uyghur Muslims, to target individuals like Ziba's mom, mm. Gulshan Abbas. And I just think that we have to be unequivocal in our condemnation. This is why Secretary Pompeo, Vice President Pence, President Trump have got to take every opportunity that they have to raise the issue of political prisoners, whether it's Uyghur Muslims, Christians, Tibetan Buddhists, Falun Gong, anyone, they have to press the Chinese government to release all of these political prisoners. Hmm. Let me let me ask you something, I, Ziba. I, 
and, and be as candid as you can here, because this is an important question. I, I want to know if you fear I do. sitting down with this interview right now. I do. I was, since my mom's taking, I thought so many times that coming forward is the right thing to do because I don't want to harm other people. Yeah. But my mom doesn't have anybody else back there to look out for her to speak out. So I have to. So you're choosing to roll the dice yeah. and, and go for it. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So what, I mean, you've reached out to the embassies? Yes. Reached out um, constantly? I mean, first we started to look for her back home. We called her workplace and they just, they deny that even my mom was worked there before. So they, they, give, they, they do have. give you a response though? Yeah, once in a while, if you just keep calling and keep calling. And then um, when we try to reach the the community office, no connection there. They they just don't pick up the phone. And then we tried um, to write to Chinese ambassador. Um, Those letters got unanswered. And then I think um, that was September, no, August 5th, I wrote a letter to him and obviously... He didn't read my letter or hmm. I didn't get any response back. So hmm. we have gone through multiple channels. Senators have written to him, requested, hmm. congressmen, nothing, just silence. What do you find yourself praying for the most? For her safety, for her life. Hmm. I'm just scared that I won't see her again. Hmm. I just lose her like like this. Sorry. I look at my daughter. She's two years, three months now, and she was three months old when she was taken. Mm-hmm. Wow. And my sister had her second child three weeks after she was taken. So my mom doesn't even know she has another grandkid. Mm-hmm. What would be the first thing that you say to her if you could talk to her? <sighs> I would say, um, I'm sorry, I can't try any harder. I want her, <laughs> I want her to be free, but I can't, I'm not doing enough. Obviously she's still in there. <sighs> so I'm, I'm curious, if you had the chance to go back home, would you do it? I would. You would go? I would go. That's dangerous, wouldn't it be? I mean, wouldn't yes, it be dangerous? That's the place I grew up. All my memories are there. I would go back. Being a being a U.S. citizen now, what do you look for your government? What do you look for them to do in this situation now? What do you hope they do? Um, I would hope that they would just pressure. To Pressure. close those camps. Yeah. Because without closing down, even if my mom is free, what about the other millions of people? Mm. This won't end until the camps are closed. It's not about just my mom. I have, I already have like 10 or 15 close friends of mine. All moms or dads are gone. They are looking for them. Mm. So, unless. All the camps are shutting down. They're not free. So you're speaking out more now. 
because they're forcing me to speak out more. They're forcing you to speak out. So, um, so what, what can we do to help? Just keep raising awareness. So, if, so if we're on Facebook and we see you speaking, we, 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 we post it, we share, share. It. if you tweet something out, we retweet. Yes, please. And okay. I have a petition for her going on on change.org. Okay. Um, How's Please that going? Um, it, it went very good, actually. Um, we got over close to 10,000 signatures in a month. Wow. So now I have, I'm getting close to 20,000. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going, at least that will um, keep her at the, keep her, keep her face at the attention. Whenever the petition pulls up, people will see her face and that she won't be forgotten. Well, Ziva. I don't know what to say other than thank you because that's what I can say. Thank you for having me. I wanted to tell you that, that I so appreciate you coming in. So appreciate you spending time away from your family to be here. And um, I, I personally am praying. Thank you. Thank and, you for... And believing, and believing that, that something good will come. Yes. Yeah. If I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank and, you. And thank you for being a voice for the voiceless. I think you said that without saying it, but I think you're absolutely right. Somebody has to speak, and I know it's not easy for you to speak, but you got to keep doing it. All of us are behind you yes. and admire you and think that you are so brave. Yeah. Yeah, so brave. Thank you. <laughs> And yeah. I, too, am keeping your mom in my prayers. Ziba Murat, thank you so much thank for you. being here today. And that's it for part two of this two-part series. Thank you so much for listening. If you didn't happen to catch the first episode, don't worry, I've linked to it in the show notes, along with many other resources, including more on Ziba's story to reunite with her mother. So please log on and check it out. Also, leave us a comment. You know, you can leave us a rating. Five stars would be preferable. Or you can just send us an email at managingeditor at heritage.org. That's managingeditor at heritage.org. Michelle is up next week, and we'll see you then. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by John Pop.